Welcome, I'm Moshe Ferber. And I am Ariel Munafon. And this is the Silver Lining Podcast, a podcast about security architecture. Good morning, everyone. Uh, another chapter of Silver Lining. Uh, hello, Moshe, how are you? Perfect. Good morning, Ariel. With us also, Tzachi. Hello, Tzachi. Hi. And today we are going to talk about identity management. And more specifically, we are going to talk about how to do uh, authorization. But first of all, let's introduce our guest, uh, Tzachi from Planedy. Can you introduce yourself and your company? Hi, my name is Tzachi Lutati. Uh, I'm the CTO of uh, PlanID. Uh, I've been with the company for uh, almost a year. Prior to that, I was an executive uh, uh, director in uh, JP Morgan, uh, responsible for uh, technology innovation. Uh, prior to that, I was uh, the lead uh, innovation uh, officer uh, in Banca Poalim uh, and many other uh, roles prior to that. Most of them, uh, if not all of them, in the software development uh, domain. Okay, so now you're CTO for PlanID. Can you describe the company a little bit? What you do? Who are your customers? Sure. So PlanID is the authorization company. The only thing that we are working on is uh, authorization and access management. Uh, so we are providing those solutions to customers that need authorization, that today is uh, everyone. But most of our customers are uh, big corporates, mainly financial uh, institutes that uh, have authorization problems due to their size or to do the complex policies uh, that they have to enforce. Uh, it's, a, it's a SaaS uh, product or not? Currently, we have uh, multiple models. The traditional plain ID is... Uh, Uh, very well uh, attached to our customers. So if they are big financial, it's something that we install on-premise on, on their data center. Uh, and we have a newer solution, uh, which is a software as a service offering, uh, with uh, working with SAP on this solution. Uh, and uh, yeah, we try to, to, keep, to keep it as flexible to the customer needs. Okay, okay so we're here to talk about how we be- can better engineer our authorization mechanism. Now, uh, Basically, the, the good thing is that in the last couple of years, we focused on authentication and we made a big progress. Today, you can have IDPs that can authenticate, do multi-factor authentication. It's very easy to perform multi-factor authentication on various different concepts, hardware-based, token-based. And I think we, we made a big progress regarding authentication. And now we need to think about the next stage, which is authorization, which was kind of left behind, uh, I think, uh, in, uh, since I think the 70s, maybe since we last wrote the, the, the last models of, uh, I, I, sometimes I get to teach uh, BLP and BIBA, those are the first access controls models that were created in the 70s. So I don't think we made big progress from there. So we introduced robot access control and stuff like this. But uh, I think today authorization is the main focus of large companies. Again, why? Because it's not dynamic and uh, response to the business needs as it should be, and this is why we brought you here, Tzachi, to talk about us. So tell us a little bit more how you see this authorization challenge. Yes, well, we see it, uh, of course, uh, all over the board with many, many companies. Today you have 
multiple assets you want to protect. There are many applications, many websites, many even physical objects that you want to protect. So you want to control the access to, to those resources. Uh, and the mechanisms and the standards and methodologies, as you said, are pretty old. Uh, so everyone is doing uh, the best effort that they can do. So if you have like an infrastructure that supports uh, some sort of authorization, uh, like a cloud vendor, you will use it, but it's mainly for uh, the technical uh, processes and the technical capabilities. Uh, unfortunately, if you have a business application, there is no real uh, standard, viable standard uh, to help you enforce uh, authorization, uh, which in many cases uh, results in uh, either implementing your own mechanism, uh, even technically storing those uh, uh, policies or rules in a database, uh, or use the common mechanism like role-based access control using LDAP or Active Directory and managing groups, which is very, very limited today because, uh, as I already mentioned, you have many, many uh, applications that need to behave differently, many, many roles. Uh, and uh, we can see with our customers that uh, they are in, in a transition uh, in the, those domains because they have the need for it. Like if you look on the biggest uh, role-based access control uh, sites, they are uh, big banks. They have uh, hundreds of thousands of employees and unfortunately, they might need hundreds of thousands of active directors, no, not hundreds and thousands, but the biggest installations, if you ask Microsoft of active directories are in banks. Uh, if you are uh, looking into those financial institutes, you see um, sometimes hundreds of LDAP servers that need to all to be synced together only to give you coarse grain access control. So you belong to a role and this role can do something. Uh, so this domain has, has many needs uh, and uh, we are here to, to help solve those uh, issues uh, and provide better way to do it. Uh, it starts with the, the model itself. Role-based access control is some old model. <laughs> uh, I know that uh, everyone is using it, we also, but it cannot, it's not sustainable anymore uh, because uh, roles, if we look on the business aspects of them, uh, are dynamic and they are not, okay, I'm a system administrator, I can do X, Y, Z. It doesn't work anymore. Uh, I have to do many, many things. My role is dynamic. It changes during the day, it changes during the tasks that I get and so on. And role-based access control is very, very limiting in this uh, uh, fashion and it causes us to to put many, many efforts into uh, operating this model. Uh, newer systems uh, supports a, a more flexible model like an attribute-based access control where you can uh, use many attributes uh, belongs to the identity or to the assets that you want to protect or to the organization or to whatever. And then you uh, can use or leverage those uh, attributes in order to create, a, a, let's say, a more dynamic model. 
It's still some sort of uh, role-based access control, but it's uh, more dynamic in nature because you have many uh, uh, attributes you can rely on and not just groups. Can you give uh, an example for uh, role-based access control versus attribute-based access, access control? Sure. Uh, let's uh, look at it from uh, uh, a real-life uh, example. Uh, so if I... Uh, I work in a bank as a teller. Then uh, my role is a banker, a teller, and uh, I am assigned access to my customers. Mainly it's to the customers that belong to the branch that I work in. So it's easy to implement in a role-based access control. I belong to this branch and the customers belong to this branch. So if I want to access a customer, It's in my branch, in, in my uh, domain, I can access it. But what happened if I, uh, and today it happens more and more often, uh, work in more than one branch? Okay, so they will put me into several roles, and I will be able to see customers from few branches. Okay, but what happened if I work in a call center and customers from all over the, the branches call me? Uh, can I access everyone's information? So uh, this uh, situation uh, is harder to solve using just roles. So uh, attributes can help here. Uh, and you can say, uh, uh, okay, we will uh, divide our call center to, let's say, uh, regions or uh, to customers by... income or by name and you create the relevant attributes and then you can query those attributes and say okay I belong to the group that handle the low income customers and this is the income is an attribute and I can have that and have the high income uh, stuff uh, be more uh, 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 let's say uh, be a smaller team with more focus it also not that good it's not that good also so uh, you can connect it to more and more systems so you can say okay attributes are not only from the user perspective uh, and the call center banker can access a customer only if in the CTI telephony system this customer is in a call with this uh, customer support representative only then you can access it So in order to implement that, there are no roles here. There is a role, so you belong to a customer support team. But you also have to, to get uh, dynamic attributes like from the telephony system that there is a call and who was identified to this call uh, and how this matching uh, was done. And you can achieve those with, uh, uh, let's say, more complex authorization engines that can do role-based access control. They can... Inf- take many attributes for many system and they can calculate in real time what is happening now and define a policy which is very simple you can only access a customer that is in a call with you it's a basic policy we just have to connect all the dots uh, in advance and and it can take place uh, so it's uh, actually a uh, uh, A very flexible solution uh, it, it's uh, it can uh, solve many problems the key is to have as much information in 
like attribute base access control have as much attributes, uh, but also have the capability to calculate in real time according to what is happening now, which uh, again is, uh, is not uh, that uh, simple when you have many incoming attributes for many, many systems. But this is the nature of system that we need today. We cannot uh, uh, stay with old systems that are very static. They were updated during the night and you belong to some static group. Yeah. Okay. Before it was very easy to say, you know, like you say, you have the role to this one and then... This okay. is what you do. Yeah. This is actually the humanity has evolved. Yeah. Uh, in, the, in the past, you had a job for your entire life and this is what you do. Uh, today you have multiple jobs, you change it all the time and you do things that are not related to your job, but your manager allow you to do that because it brings value. So you need this flexibility in the supporting systems as well. Okay, so basically uh, what you're saying is robust access control has uh, finished his, his, his end of life because it's not dynamic enough. We need something that is more dynamic. Yeah, uh, it's not finished. You still need roles. Yeah. But you have to have more uh, tiers on top of it. It's okay. not enough. So role is like the basic uh, yeah. mechanism. La, la, the example I'll always use uh, our role-based access control versus attribute-based access control. We have a system administrator. When he's on-premise, he has uh, permission X. But if he's outside from his home, which is a different attribute, the IP that address is, in, is coming from is a different attribute, it might give him different permissions, again, because he needs only emergency stuff and stuff like this. So basically the idea is that permissions might change, even if you're a certain role, permission might ch change according to the situation. Yeah, and the situation is mm -hmm. very dynamic. And uh, so you might belong to the system administrator group and you have the capability to do everything. But let's say that there is a... A, a cyber security event in, in the organization now and you need to uh, take the authorization from all the users or many of the users and allow it to a subset that have to handle this uh, situation. So uh, you do not know in advance who are the ones that are going to handle the situation. You just know that now something has happened and you have to do that. Uh, so. When we look on uh, uh, the full featured uh, uh, authorization scope, it's, it's a very simple question. Who can do what and on what objects? Uh, and many times when he can do it. And the sets of attributes belongs to those components. So who, you have to have all the attributes related to the identity. Uh, can do what action, some can read, some can update, some can delete, uh, uh, on what object and when. And this when is not only time. It can be like uh, you said, uh, Moshe, uh, which IP range I'm coming from, is it through VPN, was I identified with a multi-factor authentication, mm -hmm. is there a, a, a company event that prevent me or allow me to do things. So the question become more complex and you need a system that will support this and role-based access control is not enough. Here. Okay, so the switch is from role-based access control to attribute-based access control to policy-based access control. Uh, from the background, I mean, uh, we talked about XAML, which is, I think, the only standards today that you might have in order to, uh, to can you elaborate a little bit more? I mean, I want to engineer an authorization system. What options do I have? Uh, yes. The, uh, as you mentioned in the beginning, the, 
the progress in the access domain is not that great. Uh, Zakamel is, is still the main standard uh, in the domain that defines uh, how to uh, how to perform this authorization process and what are the relevant uh, information you need to take into consideration. But we have to uh, keep in mind that this is a more than 20 years old standard, even though we are talking about Zakamel 3 now. Uh, but the, the, the bases are, are, are very, very old. Uh, and I, I don't know, it's not unfortunately, but no one uses it because it's too complex. Mm -hmm. It's too complex, not in the thinking model. Its model is, is correct, but in the implementation uh, capabilities. Because Zakamel says, uh, you uh, as a user will just uh, ask, can I access this asset, let's say? And uh, the authorization engine will say yes or no. And in order for him to, to know that, you have to ask a very, very specific question. Can I, Tzachi, access this object, website application X, in this condition, this is my IP, this is the context variables that relevant, and, uh, and the engine will make a decision and will let you know. And the, let's say that the, the worst artifact is that you have to ask this question for everything you do. So I want to do this and I want to do that and I want to do that. So you ask all the time. So it's a, it's a model that from a security, information security perspective is very, uh, uh, very strong. You, you, you just have to ask and someone will let you know. You do not have to make any decisions. But from operational uh, uh, capabilities, this is something that if you thought you will ask your application, I don't know, uh, two, three, ten API calls uh, during this uh, session, you find yourself asking maybe uh, twice or even uh, a lot more because you have to ask very, very specific question to know if you can do it or not. So they take out the, the responsibility totally from the application. Again, which is good from information security perspective, but the operational cost is, uh, is very, very high. So no one uses it. And there are many domains that are more, uh, let's say, uh, subsets uh, of Zakamel that are being used uh, out there. Uh, but unfortunately, most of the application handle access uh, with no, uh, let's say, uh, leading standard. They, they use role-based access control and they uh, let the application make some assumptions and decisions and those making the application more prone to security flaws. Okay, so let's talk about uh, how we can better engineer authorization. And remember, we always try to fi see things that the technology people and process uh, 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 viewpoints. So, okay, let's start. What kind of uh, technology uh, do you need in order to, uh, to implement this authorization system, which is dynamic and policy-based and talks to your business needs? Okay, so from... From the technology perspective, uh, it is very well defined. You have to get all the attributes for all the objects. So you have to have an in a system with a, a good integration capabilities because those attributes are not something that you are managing uh, 
uh, on your own on the side. Those are real life attributes from real life systems in the organization. So you need good integration capabilities. And mostly to my infrastructure devices to get my IPs and, and also to my business uh, yes. applications to get uh, application attributes. Basically, I have to s- build something that is cross-organization. Uh, yes, yeah, so we, mm-hmm. uh, we, uh, we suggest to use attributes from your infrastructure so it mm-hmm. will be coherent and consistent. But if you need, uh, and many times you need to, uh, to take business attributes, then you have to connect your uh, business uh, applications in uh, and rely on those applications. Uh, and uh, this is something that is not that uh, clear, but uh, we find it more and more that customers want to take authorization decision based on their business. Uh, so their business attributes uh, becomes uh, business critical and they have to build good systems to, to support it. But from the authorization uh, engine, you have to be very well integrated. This is one uh, aspect. Uh, the other aspect is that you have to be, of course, very flexible in the, uh, in the authorization questions you know how to answer. Because as I said, Zakamel is a very, very specific uh, question format. Uh, uh, and this is one of the types that we need to support and we support it and other companies as well. But there seems to be a need for other questions as well. And I will give some examples. So you do not want to ask over and over again, can I access this or that? Because it's, uh, it impacts your performance, it impacts your stability and so on. Uh, so you have to be able to ask your authorization engine uh, instead of can a user do that? Uh, maybe what can the user do? And get a token with all the relevant uh, assets uh, that he can access and cache it in your session and use it uh, over and over again. You also, in some cases that we find more and more applicable those days due to big data and uh, more complex systems that analyze information, uh, you have to be able to ask your authorization engine in order to give this customer access, what are the, uh, let's say, what are the attributes or what are the filters that the system need to implement? What are the obligations that we must verify before giving access? Because when you query a database or in a Hadoop a data lake, uh, you cannot, uh, uh, know in advance uh, the relationship between all the uh, data items. Uh, but you can ask your authorization engine, what are the, the, the filters I need to apply on the data? And get those filters and send it to your data lake and then get a result which is already filtered according you, to your authorization. Uh, this is another s- type of question that authorization servers need to support. Uh, and uh, of course, the, all the questions can go the other way around and you don't always ask what the user can do. You, in some, for some reasons, have to say who can access this uh, action or uh, asset uh, or what are the relations between those users and the actions and groups. So we also have to have some analytical capabilities within the, the system. 
So if I'm wrapping the technology uh, side, you have to have a good integrated system. You have to have a system that knows to how to answer uh, many questions and not just who can do what. Uh, and you have to do that uh, in real time uh, with uh, minimal latency in order for it to be integrated into your uh, workflow with, without disturbing it. B- before we go to the process, uh, it seems a little uh, complicated to do the, all, this, all the things that uh, you explained. W- what are the tools, what software, uh, if you can give some real uh, knowledge? Okay, so unfortunately there, are, there aren't any tools uh, out there. Uh, there, uh, uh, there is our tool, Plain Ideas, an authorization server that knows to do all those things. Uh, there are other authorization servers, uh, but they are uh, usually limiting themselves to some sort of uh, uh, subdomain, uh, and some are uh, very, very good in that. So uh, if you have to ask all of those questions, I don't know of another tool that can do that. Okay. But, uh, uh, but asking... Uh, those dif- uh, questions to different uh, authorization engines, of course, that there are very uh, specific uh, authorization solutions that can help you with that. Uh, one more thing you have to take into consideration that thinking about uh, some specific case like we discussed, it's, uh, it's pretty manageable. But when you are looking on a big enterprise and it has like hundreds and thousands of scenarios, then managing it also become a burden and you have to be able to manage it uh, as part of your technology solution to have a a way to allow the users to perform their processes and and manage and manage this complex scenario uh, company-wide and uh, again in this domain uh, we we are the leaders of this domain bringing the best authorization administration capabilities Okay, so this was technology. You need an engine that will be flexible enough and will have enough uh, info from your uh, different uh, applications, also infrastructure and also business applications. Process, how do you handle now the authorization process? I mean, what changes do you need to make? Okay, so the processes are also changing. Uh, and we will take it into through several examples uh, also. So the, the basic process where uh, someone wants to give Uh, access uh, to some asset uh, we are doing it uh, when we the, the IT domain is doing it for uh, for decades uh, but uh, this process must change because uh, this is not an IT process even though up until now most of the companies are doing it through IT and it doesn't matter if it's uh, uh, information security guys or uh, Uh, technical guys that uh, handle uh, the domain or the active directory or LDAPs. This has uh, been shifting for a for few years now to, to be fully business uh, uh, lead. This is a process uh, that must be uh, managed by business and business owners must have the right tools to do that. The process from their perspective is is to how to give access uh, to uh, to make 
business, to make the business grow. Uh, and it's a whole different uh, approach than how to block access or how to allow minimal access to whoever uh, needs it. Uh, so the process is changing. So you have to, to have a, a tool that will allow you to create this process, to uh, like create an organizational workflows on who can ask access, who can approve this access, and uh, how to connect all the dots and create the right policy to, to allow it. Uh, uh, and this is uh, the simple case. The more, the more complex case is uh, when you want to delegate this responsibility to another organization. It might be an internal uh, organizational unit or it might be an external one like a partner or a... Uh, or a customer and you want to delegate this responsibility, you also have to create the right processes so someone can enroll to the, uh, to the system, uh, list its uh, protected assets and the members and all the attributes that are relevant and comply with them. Uh, so uh, we find today the most complex scenarios around the B2B domain. This is part of the solution that we build with SAP. Uh, because large enterprises tend to have many, many suppliers and many, many uh, partners, uh, and they cannot uh, manage this by themselves. They have to create the right process so you can have a self-service capability where you can enroll and you can manage all your <coughs> authorization capabilities, but under my set of policies. So it's also a hierarchical uh, view of, of the point. Uh, so from a process perspective, uh, it's changing. Uh, it's changing uh, to be more business driven and it's changing to be more uh, wider in the approach and not only internal to the organization. Okay, and the last thing, people, I mean, what kind of new people do you need to bring into this uh, process? Okay, so people, uh, some we've already uh, mentioned, like the business owners becomes a huge part of it, and not only the, uh, the IT guys. Uh, and again, this is something that is uh, uh, changing uh, again when you want to provide it as a service and you want to delegate it to someone that you do not know intimately. So... Uh, today you can find a system where you do not know the users because they are uh, identified or authenticated by a third party. You trust it, but you do not know them. Uh, you rely on their attributes you get from a third party and you imply policies that you define uh, so they can access something. Uh, so today the people are uh, different. Uh, but the main, uh, again, the main, the main consequences is that it's business people and it's not the technical guys. It's business people that you do not know. Uh, it sounds strange, but this is uh, how systems work today. Hmm. You consume a service from someone. Okay, but you rely on this service, but you don't owe, you, you don't own it. Uh, and it, this is becoming more and more... Uh, 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 available today. You use many, many services for many, many vendors with many, many uh, access paths. You have to manage it. So you create the policies, you give the capabilities to your partners and employees on when and how to use it. Uh, and you can stand within your regulation and, and uh, keep the 
the risk low. But, but if, you, if you look at, uh, you know, the IT or the technical persons, okay, they need to talk more with the business. Th- they have some, you know, knowledge, te- technical knowledge that they need to have, that they didn't, uh, didn't need to have uh, before? The, the technical domain is becoming uh, more standard. It's a lot more mature than the, uh, than the authorization domain. So uh, if you have an, uh, a REST API, we can use this information. If you have a database, we can use this information. If you have, a, a, I don't know, even a, an elastic search engine, we can use this information. So the information is becoming more and more available. Uh, and the knowledge uh, we need from IT uh, in this perspective is becoming uh, uh, less relevant because today business analysts knows how to get the information and, and work with it. They do not need the IT guys like uh, 10 years ago to create uh, data panels and, uh, ch- and order the attributes so they will use it. They do need the IT guys to uh, do like a one-time job and integrate the system with relevant connectors. But after that, it's more of a, it's like any business analyst that uses information, he can use it here to create the right access policy. Okay, so let's try to let's try to summarize this. Uh, so basically in the last couple of years we've been investing a lot about authoriz- uh, sorry about authentication and we neglected authorization and this is the time to reinvest and uh, pay our technical debts regarding authorization. And um, the biggest problem we have is currently authorization is very static. We have role-based access control and this basically means that you have the same permissions whatever you're coming from your home, is it late at night, is it uh, you're working from a different branch, so it's very static. So we need to move forward to attribute-based access control and basically to something that is more policy-based, which is more dynamic. Uh, current standards will probably will not help us because they were designed uh, to a different situation. So we need to do basically the following changes. We need to uh, get, a tec- from the technology point of view, we need to get an engine that can read different attributes from our different systems, both infrastructure and both, and both uh, business, and to give us the right, uh, and to help us t- to achieve the right policy. We need to change the process that we give permission, like the example you gave uh, on how Uh, SAP customers can handle their uh, third parties, uh, which is a very good example because third party access is a, is a big thing uh, currently. And we need to change the uh, people that are doing the permissions. No longer uh, we use the guys from the help desk, but we use the business people to make sure that they understand the real meaning of the each permission that we give. Uh, that's about summarizing it, Sahi? Yes. <laughs> Perfect. Anything you want to add? Anything uh, we forgot to mention? Anything you think it's important to know about uh, this entire field of authorization and identity management? I think it's going to be an uh, interesting domain now because uh, the, the, the need is there and uh, companies will go into it and standards will evolve and it will be different in a few years. Do you see somebody's working on a different standard to replace SACML or uh, this is a neglected currently I, I unfortunately no it's pretty neglected of course there are different uh, initiatives here and there but nothing is adopted or mature yet I see okay. it, it was really interesting I really thank you Zach. thank you okay thank you Zach. thank you for your time thank you real bye bye